<laughs> Somebody talk first. <laughs> Hello. Don't you don't have to tell an Aries to talk first twice. Uh, <laughs> we will always talk first. <laughs> and we and but we'll never shut up. We will also talk last. <laughs> Welcome to Moon Chasers Podcast where three generations of witches compare their unique journeys with the craft, sharing their irreverent takes on things like daily practices, ethics, and current events, and the ridiculous way witches are portrayed in pop culture. Pour yourself a spot of tea or some other magical libation as they and their guests discuss tarot, astrology, feminism, and all things witchy, sometimes with wine. Okay, so welcome everyone <laughs> to our very first podcast of the Moon Chasers. Yay! Um, Yay! Three generational witches. Yay! Sweet. <laughs> well, yes. two generations and one one that's kind of in the middle of the generations. Yeah, it, sure. Three generations sounds good, but it's kind of a misnomer. Sure. But, yeah. Sure, absolutely. Fun, yes. Yes. <laughs> we definitely I'm, I'm have not... three people in three level and three three areas of life right yeah there you go and three areas of practice Mm -hmm. or i guess length of practice yes definitely (laughs) yeah i'm that sad little micro generation between x and millennial so (laughs) depending on what generation depending on like what you know book or website you're referencing it could be either I used to identify a lot more with Gen X because um, I have an older brother and sister. So like right. the music that I listened to, you know, was very much more Gen X than millennial, but I don't know. There's yes. a lot of millennials that are born. Like my brother's definitely one of them because he's six years older than me. I was born in 1992 and he was born in 85 or six. I'm a bad sister. I don't know. Um, but he's six and a half years older than me. So I guess 85. Um, but he, I think he thinks of himself as Gen X when he's like, really? no, buddy, you're, you're a millennial. Cause the, <laughs> the cutoff, depending on who you ask is 80 or 81. Yeah. And he's like, no. Yes. And my cousin's very much the same way. And I'm like, no, you guys are all millennials with me. Sorry. No, I'm I'm definitely Gen X. Yes, I'm definitely Gen X. (laughs) I I have been called a, um, what was that, like geriatric millennial. (laughs) I'm an elder millennial. (laughs) I like elder millennial better. Okay, so I guess we should 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 probably say who we are. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Don't mind us. (laughs) I snort a lot. It's okay. I'll try not to burp though for you guys. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Alright, so I guess I'll go first, sure. Yeah. Just to keep us on track. I'm the I'm the the whip cracker around here. Uh I am Ursula. I'm Jenny. <laughs> and I'm Shay. <laughs> yes. We will be talking more about ourselves in this episode because this episode, um, we are going to be talking about witch foster syndrome. And uh, yes, are you a good witch or are you a bad witch? I think that's more of a, oh, I'm a bad witch because I haven't done this in a while. Yes. <laughs> more, than, more so than, you know, um, uh, 
the evil versus right black magic versus white magic (laughs) yeah which oh i i hate those i no all magic is gray (laughs) well we'll we'll save that for like i guess an episode where we talk about uh problematicness in the witch community (laughs) about why i don't like the fact that we've called one thing black magic and one thing white magic yes but uh, yes absolutely we'll talk about that later (laughs) Um, so before we get involved in our discussion about witch posture syndrome, we were going to talk a little bit about, uh, because we're all very big on uplifting other people mm-hmm. and putting spotlights on other people as well who are doing good things or who have incredible content or who just will generally make you either feel good or laugh or any of those things. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about like, who are we following or who would we love to shine a light on for whatever reason? It could be uh, products that we love or none of, none of these things are things that we're getting paid for. But, you know, I feel like anytime you go to, I I got off of discord as an elder gen Xer, (laughs) the discord was a little too much for me. And I had gotten on a couple of things around witchcraft and one of the issues that I did have was finding very few people my age mm. and with my years of practice that were on any of this stuff online, you know, now I've, it's, a, it's a little different. Um, it's a little easier to find, but whenever I first started looking for things online, it wasn't like that, but, uh, you know, we're not getting paid by anyone. Um, and you know, to, to promote anything like that. But I do want to, you know, kind of shine a spotlight on people that we we're really digging right now. Um, okay, so I just found this um, YouTube and Instagram account, which I'm sh- is very well established, and I'm sure I'm late to the game. And I sent a link to you guys, I think, probably last week or something, because I just found it. Um, it's called Endora World. Um, she is a a girl from. I think she said she lives right outside of Munich. I think she's German. Um, but it's just very like pure cottage core porn. I swear <laughs> it's like <laughs> the most amazing aesthetic and it's just like really, she has this like lovely music and it's quiet and just very slow. It's, it, it makes me very, very happy. But so, um, what this girl has done with her channel, with her YouTube channel is she's actually, put together this series where she filmed herself in like these cute little outfits and stuff. And she's making tea and baking bread and all, all this. And then she's telling a story through um, letter correspondence where it starts out as someone gets a letter and it's like, you don't know me, but I was best friends with your grandmother and I've followed you your whole life. And like starts telling her this story of two best friends, um, and it, it's like really, really, really sweet and wholesome, but it actually has gotten a little witchy in the in the tale, and it's talking about them participating in circles and things like that. So, I just think it's absolutely gorgeous, and it has like really beautiful piano music through it. And I think she's got a little market where she does Lightroom presets and stuff because obviously she has beautiful photos. And I think she does um, this really pretty, like kitschy kind of embroidery which I really want to get into. But so check out that account, Indora World. What's um, the name again? Indora, like, it's I-N-D-O-O-R-A World. Okay. 
and oh like endora like and we can put that in the show yeah. notes too like yeah Samantha, like yeah, samantha's yeah. mom right. <laughs> i don't think that's how Which she spelled is, it i think that yeah. was an e though i think yeah, endora it was, was, uh, yes i it's, loved endora <laughs> it's funny that i know that name because i was we'll talk about how i feel about uh she doesn't she doesn't show no. it's not that i don't like it i love samantha what i don't like is that she is supposed to be one of the most powerful witches in the world in this universe like so powerful that in one episode they are gonna make her the queen of all the witches like she's that powerful and she gives it all up for a man and it's not and I, I don't even mind if she wants to give that up for a man you know what there's some I'm sure there's a person out there that I would give something up for obviously but that man he's so mean to her right. he's so he's, mean and he's, he's he doesn't he doesn't appreciate anything and I'm like turn him into a toad like <laughs> I think it's I think it's I think his character speaks very much to the generation yes that this show was introducing the next generation into like feminism mm-hmm. and yeah. like you know it was all done I feel like and this is this is I don't want to get off topic but sorry. this was all like, no it's okay um this this is all these shows like even I Love Lucy and stuff like that it was it was very similar like you have these whip smart women that are powerful characters and they're fighting against the, the, the man that's trying to like, like keep you got some explaining to right? do. Yes, totally. <laughs> they're trying to, and, and that's what ends up having the, the drama or the comedic factor. Right. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I, th- and I think even like introducing Tabitha into their marriage also pushes that a little bit of like, I'm never, like this is somebody who's like I'm just gonna do it, like yeah. <laughs> because I can do it, and and so yeah. and then you know her mother obviously has has uh, her role with anything, and her cousin that you know yeah. she also played. I, so I love it's, her cousin. Her yes. cousin was was my goal. Yeah. And then there's Doctor Bombay, which represents like other. So yeah. We can go into a whole episode <laughs> yeah. about just I, be with. <laughs> I, I love Samantha the character and I love Elizabeth Montgomery. I'm sad she's gone. Yes. But I and I even like the actor that played the second Darren because he mm. was actually in Teen Witch, which hopefully we'll we'll do an episode about that stupid movie. <laughs> oh my god, but, I haven't seen that and oh I don't oh, I don't top even know. that. Um <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to get us off to off topic. Uh no, Elizabeth sorry. Montgomery, we we love and miss you. Um yes. uh a person, I mean, it's not really, it's not a small creator, but it is someone that um, I saw because I've been kind of dead to the world lately. Um, and right now, like one of the only people I was checking in on on Twitter, because I'm not on Twitter a lot right now. <laughs> Mainly, of course, one of the main people I follow on Twitter is Stevie Nicks because she's a goddess and I adore her and love her. Um, oh, I yeah, cried I, when she put up yeah. her her post about Christine. Oh my I, god, I'm I'm oh so brokenhearted god. about that. Um, but she, I also saw that she posted this letter about Lizzo, and so I went yes. to watch what happened. Lizzo, I miss that. Uh, you, yeah, Lizzo used her platform because she won. Was it that was a People's Choice Award? Mm-hmm. It's People's Choice Awards. I saw and a clip she, of her, like, and she basically. Oh, she's so she shared the stage with all these amazing women 
who are fighting for, you know, uh, women's justice. rights, yeah. justice. Uh, she had Little Miss Flint on there. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Flint still is going through its its water A crisis. Yes. God, almost 10 years later. Isn't it like almost 10 years later? I don't know. It's, it's, it's been, been so a very long, long time. It's been, yes. a while. It's been too but, long. <laughs> so uh, just because I feel like people people are just looking for things to be mad at Lizzo about. Mm-hmm. I feel like every month there's something that somebody pulls out of their butt. Um, well, what was the, the thing about the crystal flute, which was yeah, so the crystal flute. Um, somebody got mad because, like, I don't know. People just get mad at her all the time. I'm like, just just let her make her music and dance. Just just let her be happy. Oh my god, her. just let Lizzo be happy. No, but queen, what she did but... was she did the right thing, right? She had her big moment on stage, and she said, and she shared it. She gave I'm it away. going to bring out, and she, everyone's name and what they were fighting for. And so and fast. Was, and there were so many of them, and mm-hmm. she didn't, like, she knew every single one of them, and it was, uh, she, it was really, it was a really great moment, and yeah. and I, I saw that Stevie Nicks was like, you know, Should, yeah. this is how you do it. This is why you do this. This is why you are who you are and what you are doing mm. in, uh, in the world and why you are as popular as you are now. Right. That gives me chills. Yeah. I have this theory that like all these divas, uh, like Lizzo, Stevie Nicks, Dolly Parton, as in all my, my favorite divas. <laughs> um, I swear they're, they're like modern goddesses, like in a thousand mm-hmm. years, are they going to be revered as like Di- Diana and Aphrodite? Yes, absolutely. The go- uh, uh, Dolly, the goddess of ethical business practices. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Stevie, the goddess of poetry that gets back at exes along with her. Uh, and Putin. Mid- yeah, <laughs> and her mini deity uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor right. Swift is her is her priestess, and uh, Lizzo, the goddess of self love and awareness. Oh, I don't know. Well, so good. we'll come up with a lore for that. But yeah, that's even, even though Lizzo has a spotlight, I did just want to talk about Lizzo. Um, yes. Sure. So, and Ursula, who, any any spotlights for you? Um, sure. I will. I mean, I'll just keep it short and sweet right now because I have been following for a while on Instagram and I'm sure they're on other platforms, but because I'm the Gen Xer, I'm not on a lot of platforms, but, um, I love the Instagram handle moon omens. M O O N O M E N S. Um, I love, yes, I love, uh, that they do sort of like, astrological insights there's you know monthly insights they'll take different um every day has like a an affirmation sort of thing that gets posted um they'll talk about like what each you know horoscope is going to have like uh whether it's like you know romance for aries and mm-hmm. cancer and all, like all that stuff as it as they go through so they do a lot of talking about the, you know, the moons and what's going on during the moon time. But it's um, it's not like, you know, the most gorgeous, you know, curated photos or anything like that. But the information is really great. And so, good content. I, yes, I like the content a lot. And it's very reliable. Um, and I guess I will always probably anytime we ask this question, the official Madam Adam I love them very much, and uh, I love that they do live casting for charities, 
and just do one card readings for people who are sitting there in the room. I think that uh, I also just love the like, you know, bitch, you have to let that shit go. You know, that kind of like it's it's a very you like some a tough, tough love, love reading. Yeah, most of the <laughs> most of the readings are very tough love, but just the personality, just love love, madam, madam. Um, so yeah, that's that's who I'm spotlighting right now <laughs> um speaking of tough love it just made me think of this so um i collect funko pops like everybody else in the world but um do you know on game of thrones how they have like the small council i have mm-hmm. my funkos and they're my small small council so i have <laughs> all of them are like advisors in some way i've got like mr miyagi and john oliver and ron swanson and like i, I have right? all these different they they all play all their little roles but I have Lafayette from True Blood, and that's that's my tough love guy. I'm like, sometimes you need someone to call you a hooker and tell you to sit your ass down and listen. <laughs> like, that's Lafayette. I <laughs> love that scene where Tara, uh, Rutina Wells, I, I I think her name is Rutina Wesley, but sometimes I've heard her heard it's with Rutina Wellesley. I'm gonna say no. Wesley because that's okay. easier to say. Uh, Rutina <laughs> Wesley, um, her character comes in. By the way, they did the character of tara so dirty in that show I oh, know. Like, oh god ugh, sorry that upsets me but when she comes in and starts throwing things at lafayette because he sold jason v and he is just oh and he's like all of them with a baseball bat <laughs> he's like oh, i was all state hooker or something like that. I was all state hooker <laughs> oh god oh man i'm so sad that he's gone all right uh, rest uh. in rest rest in power rest in peace but um yeah, I, I, but I, I was just thinking, you know, we were saying that like Dolly and Stevie and Lizzo are like modern day goddesses. I think Ron Swanson and Mr. Miyagi, they're modern day gods. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, there's actually uh, the guy that Ron Swanson. Oh my God. I'm blanking on his, on his actor's name. Nick Offerman. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. He's in Nick good Offerman. omens. Sh- Nick Offerman. Nick- thank you. <laughs> Nick, um, he actually has like a book called Paddle Your Own Canoe. Yeah, um, I have it. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. I got it for my brother. My brother did not like it. <laughs> oh no. Um, he so my brother is I'm I'm the black sheep of the family, super liberal, super witchy. Yeah. I'm I'm that one, and a lot of people in my family are not. But uh yeah, he's very he'll say that he's a libertarian, and probably he is. I don't know. But um but he, but Nick Offerman is much more liberal than. Oh yeah, Nick, than he's not Ron, Ron Swanson. Swanson. No, yeah. he's. I mean, he still like likes to build stuff. Like he's still yes. kind of like that manly man, but he's also a sensitive manly man. No, he's but like it's hilarious. Masculinity. Yeah, and totally. so, but he's also, and, but he's also very liberal in paddle your own canoe mm-hmm. and like very not pro religion. I don't know what his religion is, but he was like very like kind of anti-religion and jeffrey's mm-hmm. my brother's not about that at all he loves got it he, he loves jesus and that's fine and- <laughs> that's, of course. i've I, I actually when i was in salem massachusetts which i'm sure me with my little slur saying massachusetts into a microphone just sounds so <laughs> lovely right now uh uh but when i was in salem I went on a witch tour, not a ghost tour. It was a witch tour. And I wish I could remember my ghost tour, my, my witch tour guide's name. But he's lovely and he had very long, curly brown hair. So if you're ever in Salem and you have a tour guide with very long, <laughs> curly brown hair, um, that was him. Um, 
I, I never got his pronouns. It's probably him. I don't know. Uh, if I find out that it's different later, I will amend my statement. Um, but he said something that a lot of pagans do revere Jesus as like a God of love and deity mm. or a deity of love and charity. Mm-hmm. And that'd be really nice if like, you know, his followers, you know, yeah, uh, t- took that into account. <laughs> that'd be really, other... really sweet. I come from a very, very, very uh, fundamentalist background. Yeah. I like to say my my family puts the fun in fundamentalism <laughs> or or the mental, depending oh, on the no. day. <laughs> I put the duh in fundamentalist. <laughs> duh. I don't my mom but, didn't raise me very fundamentalist, so I don't know. I, sh- I don't have a leg to stand on with that joke. But. So I I went to a uh, Southern Baptist school from second grade to 12th grade. Um, went to church. We were not like the go to church on Easter and Christmas family. We were go to church three times a week kind of family. They also had Bible studies at, at my house that my parents taught. And they were very big on like end times prophecies and, you know, tribulation, rapture, all that, all that mm. kind of fun stuff. But, Did they think um, that the world was going to end like back in, what was it? 2011 um probably i remember being a child and having all these books laying around the house that my parents were giving out to everybody that was called like 88 reasons that jesus is coming back in 1988 like they've been harping on that for a very 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 long time they're very mathematical Aren't they? <laughs> well, what's like, funny is it's uh, they use like numerology, very much numerology. Yes, totally, exactly. Which is absolutely. magic, which yeah, is absolutely. witchcraft. I was no. oh, um, Jenny, I totally blame you for this. Um, Uh-oh. So I do? like, we're I I assume like I know we're gonna do like a our astrological forecast and like a tarot pool, and then we're gonna get into the good witch our backgrounds and the witch poster stuff. Um, but I do want to interject this little tiny background on me. I write astrology articles for certain websites. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to say the names. It doesn't uh, matter. You can say them if you want. <laughs> for Hey Pumpkin. Um, <laughs> I got the job because of Jenny. And then I met <laughs> Jenny because of Ursula. So, you know, mm-hmm. it all works out. Well, here we are. Um, <laughs> but so I started, you know, focusing more on astrology because of the job. And, um, but now Jenny's got me like thinking about it all the time. Like, <laughs> I, I was watching this cause I love watching documentaries on cults because I'm weird. And I was list I was listening to a doc or I was watching a documentary. It's on YouTube about the end of the world cult. Everyone thought that it was going to end like May 21st, 2011 or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all yeah. remember that. I was at the Renaissance festival that day. <laughs> That, that shows you where I, that shows you where my priorities no lied. <laughs> my Catholic my Catholic mom was there too, so you know you know fund evangelical fundamentalists don't like Catholics. They think that we're witches anyway. So <laughs> it was only a matter of time. Um, but too many candles, too much incense, too many witches. Or yeah, too yeah, many, yeah the, witches, too many yeah. robes, too many long flowing <laughs> yes. robes. Um, but I was listening to I think Harold Camping was the name of the guy that like promoted this it, it was all his his idea about the when the world was going to end and he yeah, actually and then he, didn't, he came back and was like oh wait my math was wrong it's really yeah but he did that like three times it was wrong three right. times but right. he goes like so analytical like so analytical about the numbers 
Mm-hmm. And while I am watching him, I'm like, is he a Virgo? No. I bet his Jupiter sign is in Virgo because Jupiter (laughs) rolls your religious philosophical tendencies, right? And Virgos are like really analytical. So I was like, I bet you any amount of money his Jupiter is in Virgo. I looked it up and I was was so right. right. Jupiter is in Virgo. (laughs) And then I realized my Jupiter was in Virgo. So I'm- Mine mine too. (laughs) Yeah. I'm at at zero degrees, Jupiter and Virgo. Jupiter right now is just dancing between Aquarius, Pisces, and Aries. Like that's that's where Jupiter's staying right now. Mm-hmm. It just is dancing in between those. Now three y'all signs. are making me look up my Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter is kind of generational, sort of, kind of not. It, really. it is. Mine it's it's better to look at. It's hmm. better to look at the house that it occupies because of that. Because that's yeah. not generational. Yeah, right. Jupiter. Your Jupiter's in Sag. My Jupiter's uh, in Sagittarius, yes, okay. and it's in my eighth house. That's okay. pretty good because Ju- that's e- Jupiter's at home. Mm-hmm. A lot that, of my yeah. – it's it's really interesting. Um, a lot of my uh, chart is about home and aesthetics, which mm-hmm. made sense that I got into interior design yeah. originally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, that I got into art direction and all of that, so yeah, it's it was it's it's pretty interesting to see, um, and, and you know we've talked about this. I have and speaking of of witch poster syndrome, which I guess we could get into. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I always felt like you know I, that that was part of my witch poster syndrome was my inability to get into astrology. Uh-huh. And I think it's because of a couple of things, you know, uh, one is being Gen X and being born in the early seventies and growing up in the rise of like Cosmo magazine. And cause I remember every year the Cosmo magazine would put out their astrology for the year. Yeah. It was like yeah. the, the extra like booklet almanac? that came with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like your yearly almanac, <clears throat> but, but it being Cosmo is all like, how to get a man. Yeah. How to get a man, how to keep a man, how to, how to be better in bed, like all yeah. that stuff. Like, all, you know, I could, how, I could how talk to be for better hours. Ma- yes. How to be better uh, in bed, be a Scorpio. There. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, be a Leo. Be a no, Taurus, uh, a Libra, or a Scorpio. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right. Er- oh, that makes Leo. so much sense, right? Like I'm a Leo, but I'm a Taurus rising. So I can see I have, how people might think that I, <laughs> I, like I I'm a double impact there. <laughs> I feel like Taurus, Libra, and Scorpio, they're like top tier uh, sexy signs. And then Aries, I feel like I'm mid-tier because m- me and Scorpio, we do share a, a ruling planet. So we do. there we go. Very and true. I'm ruled by the planet of passion. So there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still not as sexy as, as Scorpio, Taurus, or Libra. <laughs> still not okay okay so we'll get get into into, astrology later let's get into like what why we chose which poster syndrome um to talk about today because it i i think it came out of us all getting together and trying to come up with a list of topics and and what kind of things we'd want to talk about together Mm -hmm. since we all have very different backgrounds in witchcraft and magic um, but also it's not just, 
you know, there are things that can happen on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that bring you out of feeling, you know, like you're a, a witch that, that can make anything happen. For sure. There's also the, the pressure of content creators on social media that oh make it look God, like yes. that's all they do all the time. Um, and then there's also the, I think, just self-doubt of, is what I'm doing working? Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I have always struggled with imposter syndrome in many realms because I, uh, I always, I have the thing of, I, and it could be something that we can go into at some point when we're all together, um, in my chart <laughs> where it feels like I never know enough. I haven't yeah. read enough. I haven't learned enough about a thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's, there's so much to consume around, witchcraft now there's so many books there's so many you know youtube channels there's so many people on social media that do it all the time um but there's, and there's so, so much, much of it that's vapid information. now too yes it's all about the aesthetic yeah which yeah. i mean don't get me wrong i'm all about that aesthetic but i mean i'm there's wearing a little a more right to now. it yes. <laughs> and you look fetching yeah. darling well and i think i think that what those things tend to do at least in my, you know, so if we're talking about, I guess we should go into talking about who we are because, um, as the crone of this group, (laughs) um, (laughs) I think that when I started witchcraft, we did not have all of this, like Mm -mm. the internet was just starting Mm -hmm. and this stuff, even when I first started, it wasn't something you really spoke about. I didn't share my witch background with anyone for a while. Um, other witches that I met were very hush hush about it. Um, they were very protective. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of fear still based in the stigma around witchcraft and and everything when I first started. And so I feel like I used to not have witch poster syndrome until we got into this realm mm. of existence. Um, because I was much more in tune with how things felt in my body and in my energy and the energy of other people. And when I would do things or work with other people, or I would notice things more because I was more present around it all that it's, it's hard not to let all of the outside noise in now, you know, or it feels like it needs to be performative now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I don't do anything performative on, I mean, I have a couple of reels and stuff that I've done, but it was more of a, after I've done it, like showing, you know, mm-hmm. How my you altar it. and, and, uh, um, but it's, it's interesting when you have things that are your, and I, I say this with one of my, my best friend, um, uh, Hillary, like her power is speaking out loud to the universe and making like, if she says it, it happens. Yeah. If she says it out loud. Um, but when you, when maybe your power isn't something that's visual, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, I think it makes it, it more, uh, difficult. Um, when, but that's, I guess if you are in a place, I am no long, I'm not in a place where I feel like I need to compare myself to others. I need to compare my craft to others. I need to prove to anyone that I'm actually a witch. 
-hmm. you know, I am not in that place in my life. Like people can believe it or not. And I, it doesn't really matter to me because, um, I'm not the only people that, that, that have to, to me have any faith in what I'm doing are the people who ask me to do things on their behalf. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which I get asked to do. Um, but I, I just feel like what happens with, with me, with, with my witch poster syndrome is that I just don't put in the amount of time and energy into it in the way that I would like to do it uh-huh. or life gets in the way day jobs get in the way, children get in the way, illness gets in the way, mm-hmm. parents visiting gets in the way, like all of that kind of stuff that you kind of just put it on hold. And then you put it on hold long enough that you're like, oh, I'm not a witch anymore oh, because right. I used to do this stuff every single day. You know what I mean? Even that that's a ridiculous thought, right? <laughs> like anybody who walks into my bedroom and sees the stuff on my walls and my altar and like all that kind of stuff, like I'm sure that there are people that would be terrified of some of the stuff that's on my altar, but, but it's, you know, I feel like it's a, I, I once got called and I got called by my, my boss at the time. He and I were very close. He said, you are one of the most religious people I've ever met. And I remember got getting very upset with him saying that. And, and he was like, no, let's open the dictionary and let's look at what religious actually means. Mm -hmm. And it was because I had morning practices that I did every morning and it wasn't even anything that big, you know, it was a, what oil am I going to wear today? And, you know, because of the properties and what I need to bring with me. And, and so I, I started, when I started feeling this witch poster syndrome thing, and we had talked about it before, you know, before we started, uh, organizing our thoughts around the podcast, um, I started thinking about bringing those little things back into everyday life that make it so that no matter what is going on, I do have time for this one little thing, right? Yeah. And it's going to help keep that witch posture syndrome thing at bay. Like whenever I feel like I'm just not, because a lot of times I feel like practice is also self-care because mm-hmm. I like where I am energetically when I'm doing, when I'm doing that kind of work. Um, and like keeping, keeping me somehow from just putting it off and putting it off and putting it off like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll have time to do that later. Oh wait, now the moon phase has changed. So I can't do that now. Like, you know, so all of that kind of stuff. Um, that's when the witch posture syndrome comes in. So yeah, that's, that's my take on it. And I'm interested in, in where you both are, how you both feel this. Um, for me, the, the witch posture syndrome manifested pretty much right off the bat because I have never been someone until the last few years, actually, I've always been solitary practitioner. Um, I came from, like I said, a very, fundamentalist background I you know I remember my mom would like roll her eyes at me when I talked about astrology in high school but like if it got any deeper than that like she would be so upset with me now if she knew that I had you know tarot cards in my home which you know wherever she is she knows now (laughs) um it that's just one of the biggest words in my childhood and my upbringing was satanic everything was satanic right so you know getting interested in this stuff was probably a little bit rebellious at first, but also 
it came about because um, the faith that I was raised in around the time I was 17 just started feeling very, very wrong to me. And in looking around for something that felt more aligned, that's, that's where I found these practices. But because of all of that, it had to be, especially when I was really young, I had to be very secretive, right? So it almost was a little bit more, um, I can't call myself a witch because everybody would like think that that was ridiculous. Like that's not a, a word that's in my, in my sphere, you know, that's, I didn't know anybody who practiced. I just knew what made me feel good. Um, right. So yeah, I, I, I think for a really long time, I didn't even call myself a witch and I didn't talk about it to anybody. And this was like late nineties, early two thousands. The most you had was like message boards somewhere, you know? So it's, it was very difficult to, to find anybody to identify with or to, you know, commune with, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, the imposter syndrome for me was, was very much like, I didn't know what, what like bar I had to, to pass, but I wasn't there yet. I can't call myself a witch yet, you know? Um, Nowadays, it's much more like kind of more like what you were talking about. Like you get out of the the practice of certain things for a certain amount of time. And it's just like, you know, sometimes we go through phases. Sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I feel bad. I haven't I haven't done that in a while. But like, I don't know when the, when's the last time I put my crystals on a window cell to charge under the full moon. It's been a long time and it would take up all the window cells in my house. Like, right. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> That's not something I do all the time. Um, right. I saw a, a meme one time. It was like, you get in your car and realize that there's a, a cup of water sitting in the cup holder. And it was a, a full moon last night. Like, oh, moon water. Like, yeah. just take advantage <laughs> of what's around you and call it witchcraft. Uh, yes, <laughs> witchcraft exactly. on a budget. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I don't know. I I don't know because maybe it's like um, things weren't modeled for me in a certain way. I didn't necessarily have all of those rituals that I did every single day. Right. Um, Until I got a little more comfortable with myself and obviously with living on my own and stuff. One of those things that makes me like can pull me back into feeling, you know, witchy or whatever, even if I feel like I haven't done these rituals in a while like everything on my walls is witchy. Like everywhere I look in my house, there's something witchy. Like that's important to me. All the books, all the candles, all the oils, all the wall hangings, millions of tarot and oracle decks. Like if I just surround myself with that stuff, then it always keeps me feeling a little bit more aligned, I guess. Right. That's very Taurus of you, actually. Is it? You know, well, in yeah, because, well, because I always you know how I mean you've read my articles because because you edit them but um, (laughs) I've read every uh, single one of them (laughs) you've read every single one of my articles um sorry sometimes because I put really dumb jokes in my articles sometimes um but you know I always consider cancers and Tauruses Taurians to be like the most homey of the signs Mm. you know what I mean like they're yeah like Cancers and Tauruses, first of all, you guys are huge mom friends and you're very big 
into making your house it's i always say like cancer builds the house and taurus is the one that makes it feel like a home okay you know and that's that's why they're so compatible with each other like if you have a a cancer (laughs) and a taurus getting married that's going to be like the best home in the world so my husband is a a taurus sun and a cancer moon very oh that's awesome i know Uh, (laughs) but um yeah so i'm sure i'd feel right at home at your your place I've like I, I need love, to have you guys over. <laughs> I've always felt at home, no matter in any Taurus's home, even even my ex, <laughs> even my ex who's a Taurus. But uh, <laughs> he's fun. I mean, he was he was a, he was good in bed because he's a Taurus. So there, there you go. <laughs> it wasn't a complete loss. But <laughs> um, so I don't, is is it is it tag I'm it I don't know yeah sure <laughs> yeah sure go ahead I, well I didn't know are you, I didn't I didn't want to interrupt Jenny oh no, but, no no um even though I I kind of did interrupt you but I and, and I, I meant it in a loving way um that's the thing about see I wonder sometimes I wonder if my lack of attention is my ADHD or or my Aries sun and my Aries Mercury so. <laughs> Uh, but we'll talk about. Uh, I have an Aries Mercury too. Oh my goodness! That's that's why we communicate so well, and I, that's why whenever we're talking, we jump around from topic to topic. Ursula is over there, like wrap it up. <laughs> nope, well, that's I'm why like, uh, I'm like, oh no, I'm a Leo Mercury. <laughs> I think it's really common for people to have their Mercury the same as their Sun sign, or like really close. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's because mm-hmm. Mercury kind of follows the sun around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, my name is Shay and I'm an Aries. Hi, Shay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Aries, Aries anom- Anonymous because everybody hates Aries. Um, as far everybody as hates which, Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love Scorpio. I will never date another Scorpio man. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I don't love them. My brother's a Scorpio and some of my best friends are Scorpios. But I'm just not going to date a Scorpio man, cis man. I don't, I, I'll keep my options open. But um, I was actually, but, I, I grew up being scared of Scorpios because my mom and my dad and this one aunt that I was really scared of were all Scorpios. And I have a Scorpio moon. And that's like part of me that I didn't own until I got a little older and was like, oh, wait, sometimes dark and twisty is kind of cool. Like, yeah, it's good, <laughs> it's good to be broody. I love, but I was always, I was always jealous that I wasn't a Scorpio. I was always very, I always, that's, I, ooh, that great segue. That's actually where a lot of my witch posture syndrome came from when I was a kid. Because I felt like a witch my whole life. I'm sure we all did. Um, even though I was in my Catholic school. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of feedback in my, my in my earbuds. Hopefully that doesn't affect us. Oh, I don't hear anything. Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it might just be my cheap ass earbuds. <laughs> um, but... I had a friend who was a Scorpio when I was younger and we, you know, we'd always play witches, you know, from when we were like little, little children. Mm -hmm. And she was always, it's weird that she was a Scorpio and I'm the Aries and normally we're the more domineering personality, but Scorpios, they will give just as good as they get. And it was always very clear that like she was the more magic-y one and she was the more witchy one. And I was like her little sidekick. 
<laughs> so and so that was why part of me I really I was like I can't be a real witch if I'm not a Scorpio or if I'm Aww. not a spooky sign um, but that was very very childish of me but um as I got older I tried really hard to either like reject the witch part of me a little bit mm-hmm. um or I tried to like lean more into like Christian mysticism because you know, I was I went to a Catholic school, and it it's weird because my family on my mom's side is very Italian, and there is a lot of witchy stuff in the Italian culture in some Italian mm-hmm. cultures. Like my grandmother, um, you know, she gave me my very first set of tarot cards. And then I ended up giving her her very last set of tarot cards, as it turned out. And we would read them together. And, you know, if anybody reads, all all three of you that read my articles, um, if you, if you read my Tarot Tuesday articles, when I, when I pull a card for those articles, it's, it's that tarot card, that tarot deck that I got her. Mm. And she also taught my cousin, uh, my cousin Audrey, how to read tarot cards using a regular deck of cards and Mm. like even though you know my cut my other cousin the one that lives here in georgia with us um you know she's a much better catholic a much better christian than i am obviously um but um like even she's a little witchy like she won't admit it but she like she she does all of her stuff with oils like she's very much i have an oil for that i have an oil for that i have an oil i'm like yeah it's because you're a witch (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's because you're a witch like the rest of us own up to it um and there was like a little bit like my mom like goes back and forth like some days like last christmas i gave you my heart sorry i know (laughs) i just wasn't gonna do it I'm going to send all of you to Wamhalla. This is payback because all uh, Fuller once sent me to Wamhalla. So <laughs> it's payback. Um, but um, yeah, and, and la- but last Christmas, my mom got me all this witchy stuff. She got me, you know, one of those moon lamps. Like, like so she kind of went back and forth. She's very, like, sometimes, you know, she'll look, like, one time I got, like, the elemental symbols on on my nails when I got my nails done Mm -hmm. and the first thing she looks is like is that satanic is that satanic I'm like mom half half the books you get me are more satanic than what's on my nails (laughs) um and I mean and I understand where she's coming from like she she is catholic you know we're all we're all very catholic you know we're all concerned about each other's souls I still call myself an episcopagan I love that um (laughs) because it's I I still dig jesus Jesus is cool. There's nothing wrong with Jesus. Mm, I that's... would flip I would flip tables because of capitalism too. Um, mm. That's what he did. <laughs> Read your Bible. That's what he did. Um, it's just I'm not into the evangelical stuff. I'm not into the fundamentalism stuff. It's Paul. Paul fucked everything up. Yes. Fuck you, Paul. Fuck you, Paul. Anyway, fuck you, Saul. Saul of Tar- Tarsus. <laughs> No, see, so if any evangelicals listen to, like, hate listen to this, like, I know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, but, um, but, uh, so part of me, I always felt like maybe I was, like, too Catholic or I was still too concerned with the Catholic part of myself to be, like, a full witch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, one thing, I know Ursula talked about this, 
And it, it's true, even though I guess you could argue, like, I grew up more with the internet because I'm the millennial. Um, but things like TikTok actually did really, really give me some witch poster syndrome because I would watch these TikToks where these people would do, like, rank, like it was like turbo tarot pools. Oh yeah. Where they would yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they would like pull like 10 and like tell you if you, if you're watching this video, this is for you. Um, the sun, you're going to get sunburned. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> Cause I'm a dork. Uh, no, but they're the, so rapid fire and just the, like able to like just, the- it's like the moon well, you're gonna show that, your ass uh, that's, that's, so the tarot thing is also one of the the things that i've and we talked about this before when you were at yeah. my house like mm-hmm. that's one of the things that that kept me from feeling like a witch because i have the hardest time remembering them and what mm-hmm. all of the symbolism means and everything else and mm-hmm. not even just that but taking that knowledge and like then, weaving everything together whatever yeah. your intuition is telling you because that those symbols and the, that information can mean a whole litany of things right mm-hmm. but yeah. under the right circumstances there's other like you you have to have that other and, and I know that some of my my witch poster syndrome comes from the fact that I I am born from a medium right like my mother's a medium ghost talk to her she does readings like she's, she's very insightful she's yes and and it, it's hard to not feel like, well, I'm not the one who got the gifts, right? Got it. And yeah. so there's that, yeah. to- but the, the not being able to remember what everything means and then interpret it and then put the spread right and make sure that the spread like is, is giving the interpretation of what all the cards are trying to say. Like that was one of the biggest things that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not a witch because I don't do tarot. Cause that's the first right. thing most people ask you, right? Yeah. Is, is and- if you do tarot, can you give me a reading? Um, if it's not that they're going to straight up ask you to do a spell for them. Right. You yeah. Know? And so that TikTok really messed me up with that. TikTok also messed me up. Um, first of all, the, like the aesthetic of it all, like, you know, I think that I kind of have witchy aesthetics. You absolutely do. I, I do, but it's like, you know, they, they, but like, I don't they, know they anyone your... who's ever been in the room with you and never thought that you were not a witch. Exactly. <laughs> But I mean, like, there's some people, they're influencers, like they make their whole image there. That's yeah. their job. That's their resume. Yes. Yeah. Where it's like, I put on, I put a witch hat on top of my pajamas. And that's my <laughs> aesthetic. So, like With I your slept long in red sh- braids and your long, you I know, know that it's the 18 hair. crystal necklaces and like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I, it's, I, but I slept in this shirt, man. It's, it's a Stevie <laughs> Nicks shirt, but I slept in it. Um, but it, the, the one thing, the other thing on TikTok that got me, so as I, and I, I hesitate to bring this up, but for as long as I can remember, my mom always called me an empath mm-hmm. because she's witchy mm-hmm. too. She won't admit mm-hmm. it, but she is like, she's very Catholic. She's a very good Catholic, but there's like, there's, there's a essence about her. You know what I mean? And, um, she always called me an empath and I grew up thinking, well, that's cool. I get to be an empath. And then I read Twilight and like Jasper Hale, you know, the Confederate soldier vampire. Because yes. we're romanticizing <laughs> Confederate soldiers now. Right. Hey, vampire lore, can you stop doing that? Anyway. Hello, he's true an blood. Empath- 
<laughs> hello true blood hello vampire diaries hello twilight like can we stop romanticizing <laughs> confederate vampires <laughs> like oh my god who would have thought that Anne rice was the least problematic vampires <laughs> who would have thunk it but um <laughs> but this is a witch podcast not a vampire podcast oh really. it's the same but- thing it's all the same thing. Yeah. Ask um, anybody. <laughs> ask the fundamentalist. Ask the, actually, you know what? Uh, since a lot of fundamental like evangelicals think that Catholics are already witches, they also mm. think that we're like cannibals and vampires because of transubstantiation oh, yeah. and communion. Yeah. So yay, I'm just just be scared of me, Southern Baptist. Be scared of me. And Y'all's like, communion was just self. It's cool. Y'all's communion was so much more fun than ours because we had like <laughs> tiny little plastic cups oh, with no, Welch's that's grape juice but Welch's that, grape okay. juice and then the little tiny tiny like they look like little oyster crackers yeah well at least here's the thing so so for those of you who don't know Catholics actually believe that through the power of God and the power of like the priest performing a magical ritual it's magic I'm it's sorry magic. but it's magic um that the blood, that the wine and the bread literally become the uh, blood and body of Jesus. And, you know, centuries and centuries and centuries ago when the, I think it was like the Visigoths or something, saw saw the Catholic Church do that. They're like, holy shit, they're cannibals. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no. And so that's another thing why fundamentalists don't like us because they're like, that's vampirism. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Sorry that you can't be part of like the metal. Sorry for party rocking, <laughs> like, but um, or super metal. Uh, but, but yeah, but going back to the other things. Sorry, I'm super ADHD. Uh, my mom always called me an empath, and I thought, well, that's nice, that's cool. And I was like, what does that mean? And she's like, you can feel people's emotions, and you can mm-hmm. respond accordingly. Turns out, um, as I got older, and you know, got into like not great relationships. Uh, my empathy was actually a trauma response, but we'll get into that later. But, then, but the problem is, I know, I'm not going to name names on this podcast, but there's some people out there that really love to call themselves empaths. And they make fun of, like, they make fun of these people on TikTok because it's like, oh my God, I'm such an empath. Oh, you're an <laughs> empath? I'm such an empath too. And then they're like the little TikTok uh translation is like the two most narcissistic people have you ever met mm-hmm. like because there's a lot of narcissists out there well i can't i'm not a therapist i can't diagnose them as a narcissist but they have no well, why not everybody nar- does well they have narcissistic personality <laughs> traits um and they love to call themselves empaths or you have those type of empaths that are like i can't be around you when you're like this because I just feel your emotions so in, like so intensely and your sadness is making me sad. So I just can't be around you. Okay. And like, I, that's not what empaths do. And then I, I, <laughs> that's, that's not what empaths do. And then through, and so part of me like, what if I'm not an empath? What if I'm a narcissist? And so then I'm starting like, I don't, oh God, I, maybe I'm not yeah. a witch at all. Maybe I'm just like narcissistic <laughs> and mentally ill, which I am I'm, mentally ill. But um, I'm pretty sure narcissists don't sit around thinking, am I a narcissist? Exactly. And that's what my therapist has to remind me every <laughs> single week. <laughs> it's like, you're not, you're not a narcissist. You're it's not like a the narcissist. The fact that you're actually even questioning whether or not you're a narcissist automatically makes you not a narcissist. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. But I'm also, well, you know, I'm a Pisces rising. So, you know, 
we have no choice but to be like little empathetic crybabies. But so that's um, that's the thing with yeah. the, the whole empath deal. Um, I do think there are certain not that everything comes back to astrology. There yeah. are certain placements that open you up to things. If you and get into human design, it spells it out even more. But I think, yeah, like. So, yeah, I don't know true. when it happened. I don't know if it was like a pop culture thing, but somewhere suddenly it was like being an empath was like being having a superpower, like having a witch. Yeah. Power, right. Twi- so Twilight. Everybody, everybody wants to feel special. Everybody yeah. wants to feel like they have something. But honestly, it's a generational trauma response. Like you mm-hmm. walk into a room and you register somebody else's emotions before you register your own. That is a trauma response. That's because somebody made you feel unsafe when you're younger and yeah. you had to like yeah. read the room to figure out if you're okay or, or like a formative age shells. yeah like yes. uh yes uh because somebody else had a lot of anger or somebody else had a lot of sadness and uh-huh. um but you know it's funny though because i never understood what some of the things that i could feel were like mm-hmm. you know growing up we didn't use the term empath you know, like uh, I was just. Sensitive. I know that <laughs> I was too. Sensitive. When I was in the movie theater. You're a crybaby or something. No, when I was yeah. well, yes, because I was in the movie theater and we were going to see Signs or something like that. I think I don't remember. Oh wow! But yeah, I'm that movie. Um, but they were showing the trailer for the Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. like the first movie, and all of the movie theaters packed, right? And all of these people are watching this trailer. I had never read the books. I have no emotional tie to the story whatsoever and i started tearing up when all of these people were watching the first trailer yeah because it was not on youtube like trailers weren't on the internet you know then and i'm i'm sitting there and i'm like why so you caught I'm all like the feelings over yeah. this movie and you know later when i was talking to one of this woman that i used to do circle with she was like you were feeling all the anticipation mm-hmm. and all of the excitement and all the emotions of everyone that was sitting there watching that with you, you know? Um, but the where it had always served me was I could pretty much, and my mom does the same thing, but I could pretty much meet someone and spend a few minutes with them and know if they were a good person or a bad person. Yeah. Just yeah. by like, and, and not even always understanding. However, I blame that on my Scorpio moon. (laughs) Yeah. Well, trauma at some point, whenever I was like in middle school, made me stop doing those things. Okay. Because I felt it. I called it out. I got told to be quiet by someone I was trying to tell them Mm -hmm. that was a grown up in my life, you know, that I was supposed to be safe with. They kind of were like, you know, keep your mouth shut. You don't know what you're talking about. They're putting a roof over your head, blah, 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 you know. And so from then on, I stopped trusting those feelings that I was getting. And after that came years and years of dating narcissists and marrying them and, and, you know, um, being in work situations that were unhealthy or, you know, like all, all of the stuff, because I was stopping that, you know, like that initial gut feeling that I was having about someone. You Um, built like a callus up so you didn't feel that pain. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like the most dangerous thing you can tell a person who has any sort of, 
I don't know. Again, I, I get nervous saying this because TikTok has ruined this word for me. <laughs> like, so also, like, re- really quick, like, really quick aside, and then I'm going to go back to what Ursula is saying about rejecting your own intuition, mm-hmm. which Lord knows I did that. And then bad things happened as well. Um, I you probably can hear me swallow on the mic. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm new to this. This is my very first podcast. Um, and that's not technically true. I guest starred on on one and I they probably they probably an, I annoyed the shit out of them on that one too. Um, but uh, just you know, full disclosure, I'm bipolar. And um, they tell you like not to look up your symptoms online. Yeah. But it's like it's totally useless because that's like, that's immediately where, what we're gonna do after you tell us what we are. <laughs> it's like now you're you're bipolar or you're borderline or you're ADHD, but just don't look up those symptoms. Don't don't let the internet tell you what it is. But you're immediately gonna do that. Like I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm not going to use this magic computer that's in my pocket to look up what's wrong with my brain. Like I'm sorry, that's immediately what I did. And after my therapist told me um that I was bipolar uh and just like to like full disclosure I never actually got like the testing for it because the testing is like god 400 to a thousand dollars like in this economy no thank you I mean now that I have like a little bit of disposable income I might try it but I'm I'm fairly certain that I that, that that is what I have um I looked it up and the interesting thing about bipolar people, and there's two types of bipolar. There's bipolar one and bipolar two. I think I'm bipolar two. Um, but something interesting about bipolar disorder is that you don't have a normal level of empathy. Um, whereas a person who is not bipolar, who has like an average amount, I shouldn't say normal, I should say average, an average amount of empathy, if they see like a dead cat on the side of the road, they don't cry. They, well, it's not like they don't cry. They're just like, oh, well, that's sad. Like, that's a bummer. You know, like, they feel sad. Like That'll you know, ruin my week. <laughs> like, like that, that could have been someone's pet or something. Like, they'll feel sad. But then as soon as they pass it, they're like, well, I can't, I can't dwell. I can't Circle dwell. On a, an, yep. Yeah, I can't dwell on an animal that's not mine. And yeah. that's fine. That's, that's, they're not a monster for not dwelling on a dead animal on the side of the road. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're just, they're, they're moving on. They're being a human. A person with bipolar disorder will either have very little empathy, like they'll just see it and it won't even register to them. Or if you're like me, you have a heightened sense of empathy, which again sounds very like, eh, I'm an empath. Fuck you. Like that's that's <laughs> not what I mean. <laughs> I'm an empath. Eh. But um, Why did you just turn into a South Park character? <laughs> <laughs> I can do an awesome Butters impression. Lou, 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 I'm an empath. Lou, Lou, Lou. You're one, too. <laughs> but uh, uh, if this podcast thing doesn't work out, Matt and Trey, hire me. Um, I, I can do Sheila Broflovsky. I can do Mr. Hanky. Uh, but um, uh, I... But no, I I do. It's a heightened sense of empathy, whereas I see the dead cat on the side of the road and it has ruined my day. Mm -hmm. And I will full, full, especially if I'm like a werewolf and my hormones are, you know, higher (laughs) than than usual. I'll just be like, that's someone's pet and I'm never going to see their pet again. And it's like that will ruin my day. 
like I'm welling up just thinking about it. And like, there's movies like, you know, people know when they're recommending movies to me now, like if something is not Shay rated, I yeah. can't watch things where a kid dies or if like a small animal dies or if a kid does have to die, they have to tell me and like really prepare me for it. Like if it's right. a movie that I just need to see, like it's going to be just a great movie or something. I need to be spoiled. I need spoil that movie for me. I don't, I don't care about spoiler <laughs> alerts. Like I usually um, ask people if they say something sad, I'm like, okay, on a scale of a Forrest Gump to my girl. Like, oh God, I can't do my girl. I cannot. I I watched that. The first time I ever saw my girl, my cousins were watching it and I came in right at that scene, which like, Uh. oh my God. (laughs) Um, But going back to what Ursula was saying, see, I'm not too ADHD. I can circle back. Um, (laughs) uh, I, I feel like the most dangerous thing you can tell any person with some sort of intuition with be they have heightened empathy or they just they trust their gut feeling the -hmm. worst thing you can say to somebody is don't judge a book by its cover and what i mean by that is like obviously don't judge a person by how they look obviously that's how white supremacy starts but like i'm not talking about how they look i'm talking about that conversation don't that well it's that conversation you have with them that first 10 minutes you yeah. can tell what kind of person Absolutely. they are if you have sure. any sort of intuition. Like, I, it's like okay, you you can't judge a book by its cover. You can judge a book by the summary on the on the flap of the jacket. All right, you you can judge a book by when you turn it over and you read the summary on the back. Mm-hmm. You you can, and that first ten minutes of knowing somebody that is a summary of their personality. And I feel like I would have been so much better off in my life if I would have just trusted that feeling that I got the first 10 minutes that I talked to somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, the whole Maya Angelou quote, right? The, the, when someone tells you who they are, believe them, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and I, there's, there's so much conditioning that we go through, um, around even that whole, you know, well, in, when you're in grade school, when a boy is mean to you, they actually really like you kind of thing. Right. You know, like, oh, he like, hit no, you? He has a crush that age on or, you. Yeah, right. It's Well, yeah. that, and it's okay. So now you're already starting to sexualize me at this age or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also think that what you're talking about, though, around being empathic is there's being empathic and there's also just being a highly sensitive person. Yes. Yeah. You know, that, that like does. Like you're not an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That, that also is just very in tune with um, their more vulnerable feelings Mm. and uh, and that's okay. But a lot of people who do have uh, certain diagnoses, whether or not that's, you know, it's, it's real or not, or or it's true or not based on however you, you get diagnosed. um, Some of that goes along with it, but also some of that goes along with not shutting it down after a certain point in your life, you know, like all children are born highly sensitive. Absolutely. All children are born intuitive. All children are born like knowing and seeing things and not knowing Mm -hmm. how to put words to it. But at some point someone told them to suck it up and stop crying. Someone told them, you know, you can't cry at every little dead animal on the side of the road. You know, like, like you, somebody, Mm -hmm. people, adults, and especially adults like boomers, um, 
that, you know, that my generation came from, it's, they, they went through so much of having to suck it up and just move forward and not having diagnoses about anything and not understanding mental health or mental illness or any of that kind of stuff that, um, you have like this whole, I say to a lot of people that are my age and most of the people that are around my age agree with this. We were almost all born to narcissistic parents mm-hmm. and emotionally immature parents, um, because of the childhoods that they had and the parents that they had and they had right. their parents because of the parents that they had before them. And so what I do feel but there's like, like a that, feeling threatened by somebody who can be sensitive because they weren't allowed to be sensitive. Exactly. Yeah. They're exactly. jealous. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Or the fact that you, you might be very well empathic and, and pick up on other people's emotions and be able to read a room really quickly and like do all of those things. But it doesn't mean that everyone's not born with that, right? It's just yeah. like people who think that witches can only be born into witchcraft because of their bloodline, and that's not true. Right. Like everyone That's also has rooted the, in white supremacy. Yes. yes. <laughs> Every everyone <laughs> everyone has these abilities. You know, when I taught my class during the pandemic on spell work and we sat down and we talked a long time about how being a powerful witch is open to anyone mm-hmm. because it's it's not just learned. You do there are a lot of things that you learn, but a lot of it is just tuning in and really feeling those shifts in what the work that you're doing. Because people do spells all the time that don't work. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But they don't work because they're not tuning in and it's it's like you're if you're not fully present in anything you do, you're not gonna do it well. Right. And um, I think that that's, I mean, I, luckily, because, you know, of, of how this is working, this is staying on topic. <laughs> right. Like, um, I haven't because, completely derailed us. Yay. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, you know, a lot of times people do get witch posture syndrome because they're like, well, I've been doing this spell over and over again and it's not working. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, sometimes you have to kind of tune into why do I feel like this isn't working? Where, where is, where are these moments that it's happening that maybe it just doesn't feel right? Like I'm not, you know, sometimes you have to go with that feeling that what your words are need to be sung versus need to be spoken or that, you know, you need to sit on your meditation pillow in front of your altar while you're doing it when actually you need to move around and dance and release that energy mm-hmm. in another way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's not a candle spell. Maybe it's a water spell because that's really where that's going to work better, you know. And But if you're really just forcing something instead of – it's just like, you know, same thing. Bad sex is the same way. If you're forcing it and – you're not feeling it and you're not in like, and you're not present in the moment and you're mm-hmm. not taking in everything with all of your senses. It's not going to be great. Right. Same thing with, with, you know, the, the magical workings that you're doing. Um, and sometimes things need to be a ritual and not be a spell. You know, sometimes yeah. things need to be repeated over time or sometimes there's a thing that you need to work on yourself and your own beliefs about your own self that's preventing the work that you're trying to do from working, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's already a hurdle that you're just not admitting or you're not seeing. Um, and that's where, you know, even in burlesque and everything that we always talk about, like seeking feedback and um, 
in educating yourself in many different ways and forms versus just taking classes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes your education is just going and seeing another show or yeah. asking someone to be present with you when you're doing a working because there might be a different way that they they do something that will then teach you something. Um, a lot of the working that I did as a solitary, I didn't start out as a solitary because I worked a lot with a woman who was teaching my class and we would do things together. Even though she taught a class and we were all in it, she and I would work privately together. But while we were doing that, she would say, do you feel that? Did the room temperature just change for you? And it was because she said that, that I actually brought my awareness into, yes, I'm sweating. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't even paying attention to those things. So now when I'm doing workings, especially in a group, but, or, or with more than, with, than just myself, if I don't feel that temperature shift in a room, I know that I'm not there. Oh, wow. Like I'm okay. not a hundred percent there in doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But I feel like, you know, while I love being a solo practitioner, I do often miss other people being around because sometimes you just need feedback or sometimes you just need someone else's experience along with yours to say, yes, this is a thing that's actually happening. You know, like you could be doing something and your lights could flicker on and off. Right. But if someone else isn't there to see it, yeah. then are you going to like both look at that moment? You'd both be looking at each other going, okay, I see this. Do you see this? You know, (laughs) it's there's, yeah, there's the acknowledgement of what's happening around you. So um, you also tend to believe more when somebody else is there with you. Yeah. Well, I remember, yeah, I I remember I did the spell basically to, to keep somebody away from a friend. Like I try not to hex people because, you know, it's, I mean, I, I try not to. <laughs> I'm Rule Italian. It's hard sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, it's depending on your practice. Right, um, right. But, I, but I do banish people a lot because I'm like, you're giving me too much. You're, you're occupying my thoughts too much. I need mm-hmm. you to move out of my head. I remember I, I did this ritual with them and it ended up working. Um, and it's funny because we, we did it all with stuff that we bought from Walmart because we are we are witchy on a budget. Absolutely. Um, it's it's totally fine. Like you don't have to go to like one of those expensive witch shops and spend $200 on three items to be a real Unless witch. you want to. <laughs> Unless you want to. I mean, maybe don't shop at Walmart because the owners are, are pieces of crap. But, you know, I, I'm not going to. But if, if that's where your budget is, I'm not going to be a classist asshole. But um, but. Uh, and plus I'd be lying if I said I didn't go to witchy bookstores like all the time. Um, but, oh yeah, but yeah. And that just, I think one of the reasons it worked is because it was two of us there and you tend to believe more when there's more than one person there. Like you don't doubt yourself and, but that's also gotta be careful. I'm solitary primarily because I, I won't get into this because it's, First of all, we don't have time. Second of all, it's it's a little – I'm not in a good place to talk about it. But I was kind of a member of a coven for a second my freshman year of college. And things got a little too dark for my liking. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I have a – I have a dark personality. You know, I'm not – I'm not afraid to call on Lilith and Aradia and all the 
goddesses that are a little bit, you know, le- less than than sunshine and flowers. But it, it got a little much for me. It got a little much. And I blame that a little bit on the fact that it was a coven and it was a, a hive mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started doing stuff with you guys. <laughs> and I started doing circles with you guys. And I felt better. <laughs> and I was less scared. <laughs> I think like that um, kind of brings it back to to that idea of like, what do you do when you maybe aren't feeling quite you know, witchy enough or aligned enough or whatever. For me, one of the biggest things is spending time around witchy women. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. that's yeah. huge. Yeah, I so. think people are scared to do that because they think that if they hang out with other witchy women, it will make their witch poster syndrome bigger. Mm. But depends I Depends on the women. Depends on the women. Like, if, if, if these women are making you feel bad because – Oh my god, you bought your own tarot deck. You know that you're supposed to be gifted your tarot deck. I'm like, shut oh up. Like, stop putting all these rules on shit. Like, well, I mean, I could talk about I mean, that so, one for a long yeah, time. We could talk yeah. about that for a long time. No, I mean, I, some rules are good, but some rules are arbitrary. Right. <laughs> I think one of the other the other things that I'm I'm learning to do and I've really started doing it more this year, which, you know, in my years of practice, the, like for me to just think of doing this is I've started going back after I've worked spells and anytime there's been any outcome related to that, I have notated it. Okay. So that I have my own like written, I did this and this is what happened. Mm -hmm. I have my cause and effect, right? Like that's right there in front of my eyes. Um, Sometimes your effect is something that's not what you wanted and so even having that as well, like, remember the last time you did this, this is what happened. So maybe you don't do it this way or at this time or, or you don't um, <laughs> be more specific, specific or... words. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, also like what you were saying, like, I don't necessarily have to buy anything. I always try to because they're, they're almost, well, they are always small businesses, but yeah. sometimes if I'm not feeling it, I will just go walk around a metaphysical oh, for sure. store mm-hmm. yeah. and look through books and see if anything calls to me. Because um, sometimes, you know, you can buy something that's, you can buy. If it speaks to you. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Something that's just tea that doesn't yeah. cost very much or whatever. Um, but it's, you know, I, I think that what you said is valid though about being around other people that have been practicing longer or who do it more. It's the same thing that we're talking about by looking at stuff on social media or whatever, but it really does depend on the people that you're with Mm -hmm. and whether you're doing that work on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If you're doing, you know, you can call it shadow work. You can call it going to therapy. You can like any of those things, they, they all go together, right? You're Mm -hmm. always going to feel less than if you don't work on the, the fact that you feel less than. Yeah. And, you know, and so those are, I, that's, I think one of the bigger, the bigger, uh, aspects to anything that has anything to do with this, with feeling any sort of imposter syndrome. It could be, you know, you're a musician and you see these amazing musicians online or you, you know, we, I, I also do burlesque. And so like, I see all these amazing costumers or, or burlesque performers or people who are producing more or people who are, who are, you know, just putting more online and, um, or have better ideas or whatever you can, you can, all of those things are going to knock you down over and over and over again. If you don't, learn the tools to not let those things knock you down 
you know, but as far as just how you feel in your own skin, in your own practice, in your own body, those, like, those are the things that you do to keep you from feeling like, oh, I'm not, to me, I guess it's more like, I'm just not feeling witchy right now, or I don't feel very connected to my practice right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that goes into like what we're, what we want to, you know, talk about next before we get to the end of this, you know, this, uh, this uh, episode, but is what are things that you are doing right now to, even if it's something little that you feel that help you to feel witchy, you know, Mm -hmm. or feel, or, or I don't like saying feeling witchy because I feel like that's a very sort of trendy term. And not that I don't use it like when I'm talking to, my other witches in my life, but, but that's, (laughs) I love saying it. (laughs) Me, whenever I'm not feeling quote witchy or whatever, it's, I'm not feeling connected to my practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also as me, you know, I, I, we are a, a safe space for all kinds of practitioners. I happen to be Wiccan. Not everyone is Wiccan. There are people that are into the craft that have no religious aspect to it at all. They don't mm-hmm. work with gods and goddesses. Um, they, you know, it's it's all it's all craft based, um, which is also very valid. There are also people who are pagan and not Wiccan who also are, you know, who practice witchcraft um, that use the elements and are more drawn to to that kind of thing. So. Um, there's also people who have had things t- passed down to them for years and generations in their family, like uh, their cultures. Um, but, you know, when I'm not feeling aligned with how I feel and how good I feel when I am in my practice more often, there are things that I do and that mm-hmm. I've started to do. And so that's what I'm, I guess, asking, you know, and and hopefully anyone who's listening if they are looking for that sort of, you know, oh, I never even thought about doing that, you know, as something that I could do to try to help keep me feeling, you know, like in the mood all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like what's, what's like turning you, what's turning you on as a witch, you know, <laughs> I guess maybe that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. yeah no, it's a great way on. of putting it. <laughs> I feel sure. very loved. I feel very love witch right now. You know, the best movie ever made. You know, Ursula, the best movie ever made. We'll it's talk about love witch movie. later. Yes. I, adore, I, I adore that movie. You know, I watched um, it. Like she badgered me into watching it and I finally did. And then I was like, this, hates this movie. no, I, I didn't hate it, but I needed to do a deep dive on YouTube of everybody talking about the director to appreciate it. Yeah. Kyle Colgren has a very good video on it. Um, I recommend Kyle Colgren. I... We'll we'll have a witch's watch episode yes, and we'll yep. talk about why I because it's it's very hard to verbalize why I like that movie so I need to actually like sit down and write out something oh and but that turns into what um what I how I kind of center myself a little bit um that I I muted my mic for a second like about 20, 30 minutes ago and one thing that really helped me. I got this book back in college, so I've had it for a while, and it's by. Do y'all know who Dame Darcy is? Um, I don't think I, so. She, uh, so she's actually. I went to school in Savannah, not SCAD. There's another school, not the most <laughs> expensive school. In the not world. the most expensive. I went. Well, when I was there, it was Armstrong State. It was Armstrong Atlantic State University. 
and then it turned into Armstrong University. And now it's Georgia Southern University Armstrong Campus. So yeah. my degree is no longer a thing. It was a theater <laughs> degree, so it was barely a thing to begin with. Right. Um, hey, theater minor. <laughs> <laughs> I love theater. You know what? That's theater is witchy in and of itself. We'll talk about that later. But um, so Dame Darcy, she's not. I mean, she's not from Savannah, but she is local to Savannah because, as far as I know, she still lives there. And she would um, sell a lot of her books at like local stores. And I found this one. It's called Handbook for Hot Witches. <laughs> it's it's really cute. But I she has it. this whole. Um, she has this whole, uh, it's signed, <laughs> um, this whole section in here about what kind of witch you are. And let's okay. see if I can find it. And the thing, it's it's actually helped me a lot. Um, uh, oh, it's it's towards the it's towards the front. I'm I'm smart. Um, but it's basically like it's a quiz. Like, what kind of hot witch are you? And you know, <laughs> you could be an enchantress. Um, uh, it's kind of like that one quiz. I, I I will try not to out myself, but it's that one quiz that that one burlesque dancer offers. I can't think of her name right now. I'm totally blanking on her name. We'll think about it later. Um, but you could be an enchantress or a priestess mm-hmm. or a mystic or a seer. Um, there was one in here that I, it's missing one. Hold on. There was one in here that was me or maybe it wasn't. Oh yeah, a bard. Ah. <laughs> and and I and the one thing like if I'm not feeling like even though I do read the tarot cards and I like the tarot cards, like I try to everything I just try to make everything creative and I think mm-hmm. one of the things that really really did a really did a, a just a wonders on combating my witch posture syndrome. Is all thanks to Jenny, because when I got the job as the writer uh, with, you know, um, with Sonobi and Hey Pumpkin, I don't know if I can say the name. Oops. So, uh, <laughs> Brabobi, br- 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 that's the name. Brabobi dot org. Brabobi. Oh, God. I, I, don't give me caffeine before I, before I record. Um, but, you know, I write for Hey Pumpkin. And one of the things it's, it's really helped like doing a tarot card article every week and like really diving into what that tarot me- that, that card means that's helped me a lot with my mm. readings. And also just the fact like, um, learning about the stars and, and, and honestly, astrology helped me come to terms with my bipolar diagnosis. <laughs> Cause at first I was like, I'm not bipolar. I'm not because I rejected it because if you're bipolar, it is strongly recommended that you should take medication mm-hmm. like you you have to. Like if you have ADHD or if you have depression, there are things that you can do coping mechanisms, even though antidepressants and, you know, ADD meds, you know, I, I'm very much Carrie Fisher, like take your meds. But um, yeah. but there are some people that work better with coping mechanisms. With bipolar, you can't learn coping mechanisms. Hmm. You have to take a take pills. And I was very anti. I do not want to take medication for this because I took antidepressants before and I hated it. And I so I rejected the notion of being bipolar. And then I looked at my chart, and you know, Aries Sun 
Aquarius moon, Pisces rising, and very important, Lilith in Aquarius. Um, uh, which I need to write that article, Lilith mm-hmm. sign uh, soon. Um, but that I, I, when I read the description of every single one of those, which I'm sure we'll have like an astrology episode one day, um, where we like go in depth about what all of our things mean. Um, but it was basically saying, hey, asshole, you're bipolar. <laughs> my chart was basically saying, hey, asshole, your therapist is right. <laughs> and when I told my therapist this, she's like, really? <clears throat> Cafe astrology convinced you that you're bipolar, but I, the mental health professional, couldn't? <laughs> I love like, well, my therapist. clearly, if you would read my chart, you would understand why I had to do that. <laughs> but the chart says... <laughs> I love my therapist. She is also a Taurus that just, you know, (laughs) but, uh, um, but no, like, but going back to it, like the writing, writing articles, being creative, the written word, I'm really surprised that I'm not, I don't have any Gemini in my chart because I really do love writing. Um, but it's, what do you have in your third, what do you have in your third house? I need to look at my, I don't have my, my, I have my regular chart memorized. I do not have my house memorized and I need to, it's, it might be my, my Pisces rising. I don't know. But, um, but that like whenever I'm doing a full moon ritual, which I try to do every month, but you Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't always work out and that's okay. It's okay (laughs) if you don't get to do a full moon ritual every month, because you know what? Life is hard and capitalism sucks. So drink the moon water that was left over in your car. Yeah. Um, but like I, I write out a poem, like, you know, I write out a poem that I'm going to say as part of my ritual and the act of just writing it and then saying it, that mm-hmm. helps center me. I know that sounds very yoga, but, um, no, that's, that's very valid. Yeah. Yeah. So, so being a bard kind of helps me. And I think maybe on some level it might help you guys, because I know you guys are, are writers and dancers, and um, so maybe maybe we're all just very bardic. Maybe. Bardic inspiration. Very roll, true. roll for initiative. <laughs> I know, I was like, that's getting very d and is also well, bardic. Uh, yeah. yeah the, so, dear listener, we tricked you. This actually isn't a witch podcast. This is another D&D podcast. Yep. We're coming for your job, McElroy's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Snort. Oh my god, I love it so much. Okay. I don't mean to talk too much. I'm sorry, guys. That's no, okay. Um okay, so uh we've got going to stores, watching things that are witchy, listening to other podcasts, you know, um being creative. Being yeah. doing things that are creative. Um for me uh, doing anything all the with regular stuff, right? Get out into nature. Yeah. Um it's that's the other thing that I always felt imposter sort of with is that I was like, I don't want to be in nature. Like I don't like <laughs> and I don't like being and it's like maybe I just don't want to be in nature in the south, and that's been my problem. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I don't like the snakes and the not mosquitoes that I don't like snakes. I, and... I do like snakes, but I, I don't like I don't want the mosquitoes. yes, the yeah. mosquitoes and the ticks mm-hmm. and the and, and the, the, the humidity. Sugars. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, that's why you the humidity, that's why you hide. Yeah. In the fall and in the winter. Exactly. And <laughs> Do yeah. all the camping yeah. in the fall and the winter. Yes. Yeah. So for um, me, I think um, getting into, like, I, I blend my own teas and I work with herbs and stuff a lot. Anytime I'm messing with herbs, that gets me in, like, the witchiest mindset. Right. And this is, I'm totally blaming Sally Owens for this. <gasps> yes. Like, sure. I 
100% like that was such a formative movie for me yes. and then like my dream was to open up the little shop where I would manufacture my own like I started making candles and lotions and yep. all sorts of stuff like right after I saw that movie <laughs> I I started dating really toxic men because I really like Jilly Owens in that movie <laughs> I dyed my hair red and started dating toxic men. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's we'll, actually that. That's we'll have a whole really practical though. magic episode. Oh sure. yes, sure. but that's sure. actually really good because I do find one thing that helps me combat which po- which which poster, <sighs> which poster syndrome is literally just sitting in the bathtub, propping my phone up on like a towel or something, and watching Practical Magic or mm-hmm. Love Witch, or just a witch movie. Watching yeah. a witch movie and just getting all cozy with it, that mm-hmm. helps a lot for me. So, that's that's why we've watched Coven 50 billion times. Yes. I freaking <laughs> love Coven. It's so – it has so many problems. It oh, does. God, but it's I love so it. Good. And it's like, why they do my girl Misty like that? That's not good. Oh. Ursula, God you got to watch it. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I – I think I got through half – I don't even remember why I stopped. I might have stopped because my younger kid came in, um, but I was trying to watch it. Uh, but it was still a little – We probably little more, hyped it you know. up too much. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, no, I'll, I'll watch yeah. it. I'm, I've got – now that I'm trying to, you know, give myself more downtime and more slow time, um, I will I, – it's definitely on my list to, to go to next. Um so, okay, so I will tell you one thing that I've been doing, like, every day is mm. I do my tea first thing in the morning. Like, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I have a special spoon now, and I, like, put my intentions for the day in it while I'm – I also start doing that when I'm making my kids lunches for school, mm-hmm. like, intentions for them, like, to have a good day. To, like Look you at know. you, kitchen witch. Um, yeah, like, well, uh, well, it's just – it's an easy thing for me to do. Because I can put my energy into it, into something that I'm already having to do, mm-hmm. you know, um, and not letting the the mundane things that I have to do not be magical, right? So I think that that's – and then now that I'm, I'm going back into work, into an office situation, I, you know, when I hit a certain place in my car, I turn everything off and I start just, you know, asking for guidance um, for things or, you know, I have I have yeah. a way of – of um sort of doing like a daily prayer thing um where i'm asking for help you know as a priestess that's going to emulate certain things then i'm going to ask for things like patience and compassion and like that okay. kind of stuff and so i've been doing that on the way into work because it also kind of just recenters me before i walk in but some mm-hmm. days you need to be it's to say, remind me of my sovereignty and the fact that I am a bad bitch and I'm walking into the situation and I'm not going to be talked down to. And that will shift your energy and how you just walk into a room, you know? All the so, smoky quartz and the bra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My bra hurts enough as it is. <laughs> but okay, so we're going to go into the next part of this podcast, which is how we're going to start ending our podcasts, which um in in witchy ways um Yay. by going with jenny and asking jenny for the astrological forecast i did not have time to put like a whole thing together but i will going forward absolutely because sure. we kind of just divvied this up before sure. we hit record yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um right now just talking about like sagittarius season and 
how that's affecting everybody and we just came out of in not just but you know came out of scorpio season into sagittarius season there's usually a collective like sigh of relief the shoulders feel a little lighter i love scorpio season because i'm a dark and twisty scorpio moon and i like shadow work and getting into the nitty-gritty but it needs to just be a month (laughs) (laughs) sagittarius kind of brings us more into the light and makes us feel a bit more adventurous and um for me usually a really big focus on um because it's the it's like the sign of higher learning and, and education so um i just went through and put together my my christmas list for my husband and there's like eight books on kitchen witchcraft and astrology in there like this is my studious season you know like this is this is where I'm also a ninth house son, so that's a big part of my chart. But um, yeah, the, the the Sagittarius energy as far as wanting to expand your horizons and learn about other worldviews and, you know, it's a whole vibe. <laughs> um, do you guys feel any any difference coming out of Scorpio season and into Sag season? How does that affect you? I feel like um, what I'm noticing is all the work that I was doing actually since September is coming into fruition. So it's starting to feel like the end of the, even though it's not the, I mean, it is technically like the end of the magical year too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's feeling like there's a, it's that pause between all of the, the endings and the, the restart, you know, and, and uh, like, you know, put, pressing the reset button. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that, and like I said, my, my oldest and my mom are both Sagittarians. And so, um, it's always busy because between holidays sure. and two birthdays, there are major, right. like, yeah, there's a lot. Right. <laughs> Shay, do you, I, I guess like, um, it's weird because I am simultaneously feeling ambitious I mean, you know, I was like, like really angling for like that, that other writing job with you. I was really angling for writing for that other website. So I do feel ambitious, but at the same time, I don't know if it's just because, you know, my own fieriness and Sag season, maybe it's canceling each other out. I'm a little burnt out right now. Okay. Um, That might be just the ever looming Capricorn season coming into this Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's time. It's a time to crawl into. It's a time to hibernate. Right. You know, Capricorn. It's time to dig into the earth and and rest. Um, well, that's like yeah, any, anything after Salwin, basically. It's the yeah, and the, so I do feel very ambitious and hopeful because you know I did put in my resignation for one of my job. I work like five jobs. Uh, one of my jobs, and thankfully that's going to allow me to pursue other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hopeful, I'm ambitious, but I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a little burnt out right now. End of the Although year, maybe that a little, makes sense. Yeah, and honestly, like, Sag season is just as, for me at least, it's just as broody as Scorpio season. Is it? Because Sagittarius, like, there's still, like, a level of broodiness there. There you is. You know what I mean? There is a maybe little Maybe just bit. because it's dark, and you know, you know, sun doesn't stay out as long. It might just be completely seasonal, but, <laughs> but, um... Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, that's pretty much me. Okay. 
All right. Try uh, and keep that part short and sweet. You want to you wanna get into a uh, little tarot pull? Yes. I, I pulled a tarot card and y'all are going to freak out. Okay. This is how I'm going to start every tarot pull. Don't freak out. <laughs> you got you got all these witches on TikTok telling you that the tower is the worst card. It's not. It's not. I yeah. love the tower card. Did you seriously pull the tower? I did not pull the tower, okay. but I did. I pulled this one. Though. Oh, I pulled gosh. the three of swords. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I pulled. So for those of you who don't know what the three of swords, uh, this is um the uh, the the traditional tarot deck. You know, like the rider the, weight. Rider weight. Yeah. Ryder Waits, um, Smith, you know, Pamela Coleman Smith. Um, but this card is usually depicted as a red heart with three swords stabbed into it. Um, but it does not mean heartbreak. And if you've seen Love Witch, it does not mean that you're going to stab a guy in the chest three times. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Even if you want to. Um, but don't. But uh, The cards you know, are not that literal. Yes, the the and as Jenny loves to say, uh, Jenny Jenny told me that there's medicine in every card, and Absolutely. always I I really love that saying. Um, but basically, it just means uh, don't let your heart rule you for a little bit. You know, go with your head, not your heart. Um, it also, according to this book, a lot of books are different. Um, I do like to read from from this book, uh, the little little book of tarot because yeah because i'm basic um <laughs> but it's uh it's kind of funny because it says now is a good time for like medical surgeries and i'm like oh i feel like that's a really weird yeah um, uh, portrayal of a card <laughs> um swords through your it, heart surgery yeah. same thing but it's also like a it's the stab you in the back card so be careful for friends who are Nice to your face, but maybe not nice to you when your back is turned. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good time to like study and train for a new position or a new job. Um, or, you know, beg your lovely editor to be able to write for another website. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I got you. And yeah. And also like uh, possibly right now is not the best time to loan out money to people. I mean, okay. You can loan out money to people if you're cool with it not coming back. If you're just feeling particularly generous and you know we, you're not going to get that money back. We call that a gift. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to gift money to somebody, that's great. But if you do lend money out to somebody, don't expect it to come back. And if it does come back, don't expect it to come back timely. Um, so, yeah, it's mainly just to be on your guard. Be on your guard. Don't Don't lead with your heart right now. Lead with your head. So if that does that, y'all don't have to, uh, you know, tell tell all your business. But if that does that, um, I already kind of said that it, you know, speaks to me a little bit, you know, in in terms of like the new job front. But does that mm. speak to anybody on any any sort of spiritual level? Yeah, for sure. Um, with that card, also, I've, I've always had a, uh, a if depending on like the position in your spread or whatever, if it's like a past kind of card or whatever i like yeah. to think of it as like yeah that was probably painful but it's done it's yeah like it's all gone it's time to move on so there's yeah, a lot of that in tarot. Ripped off. yeah yeah it's always and yeah. it's also nice like if you got stabbed with three swords guess what you have now you have three, three swords. swords you and now you can <laughs> me me the the fire sign going ha, 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 i got the swords <laughs> 
I'm gonna fight you now. <laughs> Wait, but that's like that's like seven of swords too, right? Isn't that the one where the guy's yeah. like sneaking off with all the swords? It's like you thought you turned me into a pincushion, but you really turned me into a porcupine. <laughs> then I never really thought about the um the kind of voodoo element of the three of swords, but it's definitely yeah. A little bit of yeah. a voodoo doll kind of thing. Well, and on. and so yeah. when I think about it in that way, like like three of swords is it's one that I get every so often, and so it's one of those that I recall. Especially the imagery is so strong. But it's beautiful. I love the imagery on it. Yeah, yeah. it's also um, it reminds me a lot of of you know um, uh, Romeo and Juliet uh, in yeah. the nineties. Oh, the um, the late one. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> but it's. It's also a reminder to yourself that it's okay to express sadness and to release grief mm-hmm. and to have a good cry if you need one. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes like you ha- are going about your your days in, in life so hard and you're that you're not, you know, expressing all the emotions that you need to express. And so it's okay. You can, like put on that movie and just cry it out, you know, if that's yes. what you need to do. Um, or yeah. it's a – or or it's a a kind of um, as my friend uh, Alex used to put it, like um, being uh, smacked with a divine trout, which is like, um, <laughs> which is uh, you know, like you are not you are not like paying attention to the fact that you're you are feeling depression right now because you are not releasing emotion mm. that you need to release. So yeah, that's really good. It's one of those too. Yeah, the fucking trout. I love oh that. God. There's a whole story around that. Yeah, I'll have to a tell divine you trout. I yeah. need the backstory on that. <laughs> That's gonna be. We're we're just gonna have a an episode where we just tell silly witch stories to make each other laugh. Yeah. But d- dang, we might have to separate this one into a two parter. Yeah, but, uh, maybe three. That's not bad. We'll see. We'll see. That's we'll not see. bad. There's there's still editing time, so yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I love you, witches. I love, I love you. you. And you and, uh, and whoever's listening, you are a good witch. Yes. Except on the days where you're like a bad witch, but like yeah. bad in like the good way, like how yeah. Michael Jackson said it. But yes, uh, we'll 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 learn a sign off eventually. Uh, happy yeah. New Year! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. Lo- I love you guys. Love you too.